good people so my room was later today i apologize it's summer <laughs> and in summer the children have got to come first and i've also just been busy <laughs> but i still wanted to make time to do the room and then yes i had a little issue to deal with but we are good we're here we're present and we're ready to go if it's your first time in the room grand evening grand settings to you we have been doing a series um in shape the room on relationships and each week we've looked at different aspects of relationships we have covered so much and you will be able to catch the uploads on um my podcast channel where if you've missed the conversation you can still join the conversation by listening and then emailing us and letting us know your thoughts feelings ideas opinions or whatever but this will be the last one that i'm going to do on relationships in shake the room and what a better way to wrap it up than to be talking about toxic relationships ah, and the crowd goes wild <laughs> I actually really like this topic um, and I think it's because I really feel that we have began to live in like a council culture. That's toxic, get out. Oh, he's toxic, remove him. Oh, she's toxic, get away. As if it's that simple. I don't believe it's that simple. And so um, normally if you've been in my rooms, I come in here, I drop quite a lot of heavy content and then I ask the question. But today I want to have a conversation with you guys. I actually want people to come and share their opinions and their views and their ideas um, as much as I'm going to share mine. And so when I was thinking about this topic, one of the things that came to my mind was, like I just said, I don't think it's that easy to identify when you're in a toxic relationship. And I also think, I don't think it's that easy for people to identify their own toxic traits. So even if you get to a place or a position where you feel like, yo, my partner is toxic. And when we're talking about relationships in context of this room, I'm not just talking about intimate relationships. I'm talking about the relationships, your friendship circles, your work colleagues, your parents, your family. Because I think that sometimes it's easier to identify a toxic partner a toxic relationship that you're in an intimate um, setting with. But how much of us are willing to hold on to our toxic parents or our toxic siblings or our toxic friends? Because sometimes it's easier to cut off the partner, cut off the friends, cut off the manager that didn't understand you or spoke to you like X, Y, or Z. But you're happy to have a relationship with the people that you say that you love, even if it's toxic. And so a major part of um, becoming self-aware, having self-healing, having um, going on a self-love journey, understanding yourself on a cellular level, right? Understanding who you are mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, holistically. Maybe not only do we experience certain levels of toxic to grow us and expand us, right? But sometimes we're holding on to the very same things that we need to release we're staying in the exact same environments that we need to get out of or grow out of or let go of right but are we able to identify that so 
before I drop anything, I just want to ask anybody, anybody in the room that's willing to come up on the stage and have a conversation with me, have you been in a toxic relationship? Have you witnessed a toxic relationship? Are you currently in a toxic relationship? Um, or do you even view yourself as toxic in any of your relationships? And how are you coping with that, dealing with that? Or how did you deal with that or cope with that? Anybody in the room want to come up to the stage? Don't be shy now. Come on, have a conversation with me. And the reason why I was playing this song this before we came into the room was um, Jack Your Prison Walls. I love it. Because when he's in the prison, he's talking like he's going to come out and be a better man. And I feel like that's sometimes what we do in the toxic thing is we affirm that we're going to be better, but are we really? Miss Dom, grand evening, Queen. Welcome to the stage. How art thou? Good evening. I'm good, thank you. Awesome. <laughs> so tell me, are you the toxic person? <laughs> I've been in a toxic relationship. Yeah. And I don't miss a toxic relationship. So tell um, me, why do you feel like you was the toxic person? I carried baggage from a pre previous relationship and took actions based on a previous person like rather that. than being taking the actions based on the person they were. I love then that. Made the person have to defend themselves. Um, because they was always being judged on someone else's standards. Oh, I love that. So when you was in the relationship, was you at the time able to identify exactly what you've just said to us? Or is it in hindsight, looking back, that you're like, you know what, that's what it was? I think there was a bit of both. So when in the relationship, I was... Oops, sorry, I'm just... When in the relationship, I would be like, oh, like... It's his problem, he's got this problem, he's got that, he's got that. And then I started, I went through a process of not being with that person. And in that process was when I started working on myself. And I said, wow, if I actually am sitting here going, he, 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 there's also a part of me. Because right. there's always a reaction for an action. And an action for a reaction. And so there must have been something. I can't just say one person is the problem. Um, and I started saying, well, actually, I have issues with other people. And if there's issues with other people, there must be something in my behaviour that has to change for me to actually be able to see what the problem is. Because I can't sit there going he, she and everyone else. Because if you're surrounded by problems, there must be something that is the same. There must be a mutual thing. And if the mutual thing is yourself, you have to take a step out and be like, let me see what I did in that situation. Love that have to be accountable I love that so would you say that almost that mirror mirror reflection was the point where you was then able to be like okay cool this isn't just his behavior this is my behavior that's the point of awareness and then what action did you take to heal that address that you know Even though it's toxic, there's love. And even though there's love, it doesn't mean that you need to be together. Love that. You can love someone, but love them from a distance. Letting that person know that you're still there for them, even if they hurt you a thousand times. Um, and that you love them, but you can't love them to be love them and be with them because the person you become when you're with them isn't the person you want to be. 
and don't want to be perceived that way. And in the perception, I noticed that perception is reality. So if that person perceives you a certain way, it's the reality that that's how you come across. You come across that way, you can't actually then grow from that because you're like, actually, I'm I'm the problem as well as they are. But if I didn't allow myself to break out of they are the problem, then I wouldn't have allowed myself to grow as a person. So I had to learn how to love from far. And that person wasn't in the place to understand where I was coming from and took it from a different place. But whether we take it from that different place and feel like it's anger or this person hates you, it's all from love, the reason why we had to segregate. Ooh, done with the juice. I need my little horn today. So just to reset the room, we are in the building with our last series on relationships and we're ending this, I think it's been about four or five weeks now where we've been speaking all things relationship. And today we are speaking toxic relationships, one of my favorite topics. And so I'm just asking the question to the room, have you been a toxic person? Have you experienced a toxic relationship? Or how did you heal from that? You know, have you witnessed it? So Dom's just dropped some tea. Dom said, perception is reality. What? What? So what she's basically saying is whether people may have opinions, views and perceptions of you, there has to be some kind of truth in it. Ouch. I know that some of y'all don't want to swallow that. Oh, But using that truth was the same truth that has allowed her to look at the behavior where she was blaming a guy, blaming a guy, blaming a guy and thinking, well, hold on a minute, there is no reaction without an action. So she had to take account for her actions and she called herself out as the toxic person. Oh, I'm here for it. We normally have this room packed with men's opinions, but the women are coming in hot this evening honest open and transparent i do pray that some men make it to the stage but let's go so gorney grand evening queen hi how are you i'm okay how are you i'm grateful so i know that you've been in a room before and you've told us about your experience hello yan with one of your toxic relationships is this another one a new one yeah, I've been in a couple actually, um, but in one of them I was the toxic person. Now I was a toxic person to him because I wasn't like, um, I, like you know, when you've got your certain standards, and he wasn't kind of living up to my standards, if that makes sense. And then um, I didn't kind of see things from his his perception of. Does that make sense? Mm. I didn't see things from his side, and. Um, and I didn't like, and I wasn't compassionate towards him either. Oh, girl. So... But, but in my toxic relationship I've just come out of, it was really toxic to the point where I had to end it. Um, things got a bit violent and volatile, um, and the relationship was just too toxic, so I came out of it. But, you know, I am still there for him. Obviously, he's the father of my children, so I am still there for him. But I was a, to- a really toxic person back then in relationships. So can I ask, you said that you became the toxic person. Did you become that after experiencing toxic relationships? Or do you feel like you've been toxic, but maybe you didn't call yourself out on it before? 
before I was in a toxic relationship, but I was the I was the victim of that toxic relationship. So I kind of went into my next relationship a year or so later, being the toxic one. Wow. Yeah. Because I didn't fully understand, like, oh, okay, maybe that's how it, how I should be if that's how he was. I love it. So I love that. Thank you so much for raising those points. So I love that Sigourney said that she was experienced a toxic relationship and then became the toxic person. And in um, my coaching, this is something that I come across a lot. We often become the same things that we don't want to be. And it can start from childhood. It can start from we see our mum and dad respond in a certain way to certain things. And without even thinking about it, we develop the same behaviors, the same thoughts, the same attitudes, right? So if things get too much, and mummy's the type of person where she shouts or punches or smashes things, we grow up and actually believe that's normal behavior until we interact with somebody else and recognize that is not. Yes? <laughs> I'm babysitting today, guys. Auntie Tanya. Yes, ask Jill to get it for you. So we are here thinking that, you know what? When we then become and recognize and have those types of responses, we have to come to a point where we're asking ourselves, is that learnt behavior actually going to work out for me? Or is there something I need to do about it? And in going to the root of a lot of people's toxic behaviors, a lot of it can often come from learnt behavior. And it's crazy sometimes because you can observe it and think, well, technically you should just know right from wrong. You should know that that's wrong. You should know that that's right. But actually, if they've only seen that level of response, then how do they know that it's wrong? How do they actually know that that's wrong? How do they not know that that's not okay? So I feel like when we're looking at toxic, it's so important to get that level of understanding that a lot of the time we become everything that we don't want to become. We become the daddy we didn't want to become, the mummy we didn't want to become, the bitter grandmother that we didn't want to become, you know, the angry granddad, because we've seen the behavior and we've not done anything about it to change it. We've not had a check. We've not had an MOT. We've not asked ourselves quality questions. And now we're just responding in the exact same way until we're deeply confronted. And now we need to address it. But it, some of the behaviors are really not that deep. But we're going to get there. Mr. Yan, welcome to the stage. How are you? Yeah, no, you good. Yeah, I'm good. What's up? What's good? Are you telling us about your toxic? Have you been the toxic person? Oh, you've told us before. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and you've told us that you're on a journey of figuring it out. Is that correct? Yeah. So can I just? I believe I'm still a bit toxic. <laughs> you're still a bit toxic now. Yeah, I believe so. Okay, can you tell me what this toxic looks like in your world? I always want to be heard. I always want to put my point across, even mm. like, and even if I'm wrong, there's always a but. So it's like, and if I, and if I'm not hard, it's a problem. So it's like, I really be on it, on it, on it, on it, on it, on it. 
So it's like, if let's say me and you had an argument on, okay, let's say me and you had an argument and you decide to move on from that argument and I didn't get my point across, I'm about to blow up your phone so you could hear what I have to say. Wow. <laughs> Are we still doing that in 2021? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I don't like it, but that's something that I really need to work on because I realize that, okay, to me, once the person asks for space, they should respect that. But at the same time, like like I said, me really wanting to be hard, I forget that times and that just drives the person even further. Can I ask so, you a question? Yeah. Would you, if I asked you, do you have boundaries? What would you say? I do, but I let a lot of things slide. So I would say I don't. Yikes. That's, yeah, I would say I don't. Because what I heard is, first of all, that but, I heard it just then again. Like, it's just like, da-da-da, but, you know, that's a clear sign of people that want to be heard because it's almost like they're dismissing what you say, but, do you get what I mean? I hear you, but, uh, feel you, but, and it's so interesting because this morning we were watching an audio at 5am and one of the toxic traits of the male that I identified was that he felt that he had to control everything as a man. As a man, he felt like he needed to control his family, you know, the situation, success, whatever it was. He just felt like he needed to control everything. And it's very interesting when I hear that almost like certain pressures that have been put on men in this world can almost make them become toxic because they are encouraged to lead, to provide, to lead, to provide, to lead, to provide, to lead, to provide. And it's almost like when we're telling them lead, provide, oh, and protect, right? When we're telling them lead, provide and protect, where is the space being created for them to, to be able to develop what their leading looks like to them? what protecting looks like to them. And the reason why I love protection is because protection is necessary for us to protect what's within us, right? But protection becomes dangerous when we become guarded. Protection becomes dangerous when we become over-controlling. Protection becomes dangerous when we're trying to lock everyone and everything out because technically what we're saying is we can't protect anything and we're scared of getting hurt. But where is the space that we're going to be able to create that men can lead, provide and protect, but it doesn't have to come with so much pressure. One other question I wanted to ask you, Jan, is as a child, were you given the opportunity to express yourself or speak your truth? Nope. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Nope, all at all. It was always like, it's this way, it's that way. Like, forget about my feelings, you're a child. You're not supposed to feel away. That's the kind of vibe I always got from my parents. Like, I'm supposed to be good because I feed you. You shouldn't be worried about this because you don't pay no bills. But no, as I get older, I realize that there's more than that. So I to try, as young as my son is, I always try to ask him, like, how you feeling today? What you did in school? How you feel about that? Um, and me and his grandma had an argument last night. Well, it's not really an argument or back and forth because 
I was actually rolling a spliff and I was talking to my son. Well, he didn't see what I was doing. So something just said, you know what, let me just ask a question. So after I rolled the spliff, I put it in front of the camera and I asked him, um, Christian, do you know what this is? And his grandma was there and was like, what, like, what are you showing the boy? And I was like, I'm asking him if he know what it is. And he automatically said, that's a joint. So I was like, wow. How old is he? Is. Eight. Mm-hmm. But he lives in an environment that, uh, so I know he's going to know what that is automatically, you know? So me and I was arguing, she was like, why would you do that and whatever? So I just told him like, you know, daddy smoke and whatever, but it's not something that you should follow up on. Not like, don't even think about it, I told him. And he was like, so what about when I get older? I said, that's your decision to make. But at the same time, for now, this is not it at all. So I don't know if I was wrong for that, but I just feel like, I wish my parents would have told me that before. So I don't think I would have been smoking at all the age. You know, I just put it in that kind of way. To, I don't know. I feel like we've all got to figure out our own ways of parenting, despite what yeah. the crowd says, right? And yeah. I always feel that awareness is key. So for instance, my mum allowed my sons when they were pretty young to watch that movie. Y'all know that movie, Lockdown. <laughs> and one of my sons is shit scared of prisons, of this, of that, of whatever. But the truth of the matter is, I'm kind of grateful that they had that awareness young. Because sometimes you could be caught up in the wrong crowd, around the wrong people, thinking your friends are your friends, or in environments that you should not be in because there is no awareness. I grew up in an environment where a child had to be a child, right? However, my mum would have conversations with us that gave us awareness about things. So by the time I got to like, 15, 13, and you know, all my friends are going home paralytic drunk, having tried every drug under the sun. Guess what? That was not my portion. I didn't need to drink excessively. I didn't need to drink at all. I didn't need to try no drugs. I didn't need to be out here having sex and all of those things I did not do because my parents spoke to me a certain way. They put certain values in me. They 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 allowed me to say, you know, you're going to make your own decisions. But if you make these decisions, this is what it could turn out like. As much as if you make these decisions, this is what it could turn out like. And I personally am highly against um, parents hiding things from their children. I think it's disgusting. I think that the more honest and open we can be with our children, we are teaching them from young to express their truth. We are teaching them that we make mistakes. Sometimes we want to be so perfect in our relationships in front of our children. We want to be perfect in the way that we go about life. And then you've got to see your children go through heartache, heartache and pain because nobody spoke to them. Nobody gave them that level of awareness. So for me personally, I'm against hiding anything from my children. I have a open relationship with my children where I'm able to say, you know what, mum did this and I don't know, I wasn't really happy with what I done or I'd done this and I was super happy, but it turned out like that. And so this is the consequence. And a great example of that is I had my first son. Um, I got pregnant at 18. And obviously by the time I had him, I was 19, but my mum had the same. And never, me and my sister were saying this just this morning, until we were pregnant, I never knew my mum was that young. 
because she didn't necessarily tell us the age or maybe I never did the maths it didn't really matter she was just my mum but I kind of sometimes think in my head if I kind of had a bigger conversation about it mm -mm, I wouldn't have been pregnant at that age no 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 so I speak to my kids about it like guys I kind of want you to be a bit older I want you to live I want you to explore I want you to build companies businesses whatever before you do that you know um so we have to go through certain things as well so that we can be the example that they want to see but we cannot be that example if we're not willing to live our truth we cannot lead by example if we are not willing to stand in our truth yeah i agree completely with that and if i was back to what you say like a toxic parent just gonna teach their kids <laughs> toxic things so it's like it's all about you as a parent and as you say like really finding out yourself and being open yeah you basically covered everything to be honest <laughs> oh i love that miss daniella welcome to the stage queen what's good good evening good evening how can are I you yeah we can we can hear you good girl yeah You got a master's, yeah? Yeah, I've got basically, I've got all the degrees, the foundation, the master's, the bachelor's, <laughs> I've um, got it all. I had been in toxic relationships, I've been the toxic person, um, I basically thought that I was in a toxic relationship because the other person was toxic, and through healing sessions, mirror work and everything, I realised that my toxicity created this person, made this person toxic. And, you know, years after a breakup and finding out that he had cheated and this, that and the other, I came to the realization that with my issues and my problems, I had turned this person into something that they weren't. I Ouch, wait, go, go, wait, wait a minute. Like, so, you, so you can own that. Because I feel like if a lot of us were honest with ourselves, I've got comments coming in. I love it. You can use the chat boxes, girls. And people are commenting me saying, messaging me saying, oops, you've got me here thinking, am I the toxic person? And the truth of the matter is we do need to think that and we do need to address it. Because it's easy to think they're cheating. They've got another woman or they've got another man. Uh, are you Are you a good person to come home to? Like, honestly. I was not. I was not. I was going through so much trauma and so much anguish that I brought from previous relationships into this relationship that I created. I made somebody something that I had previously been from other relationships. So I had created him and made him something that I had dragged from other relationships from wow. my issues. So what did you do about it? Have you been in another relationship since? How are you? And, you know, it's, it came to the point where only, I would say it was the start of this year, did I realise, shit, I did this to myself. I created him, I made him. And I realised that relationships after that <clears throat> continued to be toxic. And I was the one that, you know, I got myself into more toxic relationships and I was the caregiver, I was the lover, I was the one trying to fix people and do this, that and the other because of 
what I had created in somebody else. And then it goes back to your point that you made earlier of we accept what we see in our parents. You know, I realized that not long ago I had become my mother. Yeah. Everything that my mother had created from her relationship and what she had gone through and what she had accepted and everything I was angry at her for, I had accepted in my life through my relationships. Ah, and we breathe. We be mad, dead ass mad at our parents and we go and create the same thing. Can you imagine? We be dead ass mad. But we become that beast. Say that again. That one hit hard, hard. Said that one hit hard on my end. Honestly. my, my father, I, like, and this is not growing up, like, me and my father don't get along whatsoever we try, you know? But the minute I start seeing myself turning into my father, well, don't get me wrong, I love my dad, I respect that man, and I owe him my life, like, when my mom died, he was there for me. Maybe not the way I wanted, but he was there. So I gotta acknowledge that. But it's like, he got his ways, you know, like every human. But me as a like as his son um i suppose to you know expect the most from you you know what i mean i expect you to be that man that you want me to be but at the same time you're not showing it so it's like how you want me to be this man when this is not you and me not growing up seeing that it'll be like wow i wanted i wanted to be like my dad so bad and know that I'm starting to become my dad. I, act, I actually hate myself in a way. Like, uh uh-uh, uh, just seeing it. Like, so that one there hit hard, like, for real, for real. I love that. And you know why I love it? Um, Go on, Daniela. No, I was going to say, I'm with you on that, yeah. Like, I got angry with my dad for what he was doing to my mom. But what I realized was I'm not angry at my dad for what he's doing to my mom. Obviously, that is not nice, and I don't like that. What I'm angry at is that my mum is accepting it, and in reality, I'm accepting it. It's like mirror, mirror. You know, I'm seeing myself with my mum, and what I'm really angry at is actually I'm becoming you, and I'm becoming everything that I despise in this situation, and that's where the anger is. Like you just said, yeah, I'm like, you know. I'm becoming you and I don't like that. I'm becoming all the things that I don't like about the situation. And that's the issue. Listen Not to me. You guys have in your relationship. That's your relationship. That's your problem. You're mad with what you accepted. You're mad with the fact. And this is why I asked about boundaries. Because I feel like there's a lot of toxic relationships because boundaries are not in place. And there's a difference between boundaries and standards. So you might have standards for yourself. You might say, right, you know what? I'm not going to date a married man. I'm not going to have sex before a commitment. Um, I'm not going to date somebody who doesn't have a job, right? These are standards. But boundaries are to protect what's within. And when we don't love ourselves, when we don't even like ourselves, when we don't even understand or have a relationship with ourselves, we're already toxic because we're already mad. We're already angry. We're already bitter. We're already resentful. We're already filled with guilt. 
And we're out here in the world picking up audacities. And why I say that is we're out here dating, we're out here in relationships, looking for that other person to heal us looking for that other person to understand us, looking to that other person to love us. Yet we're not willing to have those conversations with ourselves. We're not willing to do that healing with ourselves. I don't like you right now, Tanya. I feel like you... <laughs> um, can my students please tell them that I tend to attack people? <laughs> you are attacking me right now. Believe me, and it's and it's funny because i always looking into somebody to help me heal myself like no you gotta do that on your own and as much as i know it is like uh my brain just works different i don't know i think i need to start smoking weed or something <laughs> 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 i just went myself <laughs> You made me sweat. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't let that one slide. You know? I, I feel like that one was for me, like for real, for real. Like, but you know, it's so true because we are looking to be fixed. We are looking to be helped. And it's interesting because, Jan, someone asked a question that when you're in that moment of your toxic behavior, so for instance, where you want to be seen or you want to be heard, what will it take for you to stop in that moment? Or how can your partner support you through that? Make me stop in that moment is basically me really asking myself like yo what you doing but even though when you really come to analyze all of that it still plays back in your head like uh -uh, i want to be hard but when you really care about this person but this is my situation right now with my ex when you really care about this person and you really see how far you really like drove them to go you'll be like okay you really need to hold hold it down and actually really like respect her space and try again with a different approach because my approach would be hard i ain't even gonna lie like i'd be like oh how could you and it was this, this, this. like it wouldn't even start with a hug you know what i mean so it's like yeah it, it takes um like for us to really get separated separated for me to really like analyze like yo you push it too far and look so you're one of those people that don't know what you've got until it's gone major toxic trait major toxic trait you're not the only one in the room you're telling us the truth and these lot think it's due to marijuana it's not he's like this all the time he's a very honest guy and this is what i think another toxic trait is a toxic trait is wanting people to express how we want them to express wanting people to show up how we want them to show up wanting people to be approved how we want them to be approved that is toxic and it's toxic to the point that we don't catch it do you understand we're not happy to be in relationships with certain people because what we want to do is be in the relationship with the idea of them but what they're showing us who they are they're showing us they're not willing to put a ring on it they're showing us yo you're a fuck girl you're a fuck boy they are showing us that and we're sitting there waiting for marriage waiting to be seen waiting to be accepted oh this time if i do the right thing they're going to love me my girl they've shown you from day one they only want your crutches this is it but we don't want to talk about this we don't want to talk about it because guess what let's pretty it up and put on a nice dress and act like we're so humbly good and everything is working out okay no babes 
let's talk about the truth. And the truth of the matter is when we're going into relationships with expectations at all. Now, again, not a standard, but an expectation, not a boundary, but an expectation. We are already stepping into relationships with problems. And again, I'm not just talking intimate. I am talking friendships, work colleagues, family. I know a lot of you have spoke about your intimate relationships. I wonder if anybody in the room can speak about a toxic family relationship, because I think that's important. I think that sometimes because we know love, as in their mum, their dad, their sister, uncle, aunt, brother, whoever it is, we don't have no boundaries to safeguard our space. And this is a major plug in healing toxic relationships. Boundaries, number one. But number two, safeguarding your space. And when I say safeguarding your space, I mean safeguarding your mind, safeguarding your emotions, safeguarding your heart and safeguarding your physical environment. Some of us are welcoming that aunt that comes into our house and every time she comes in, she disrespects our environment. And we welcome it because her name is aunt. Some of us are welcoming that phone call that every single time they call us, we hang up the phone and we feel drained. We feel like we ain't got no energy left. And we really weren't even talking about nothing, but they suck the life out of you. And because it's your home girl or your homeboy, and you don't even know the value of yourself, you're still picking up the phone. These are toxic relationships. And because they are not punching you, because they are not hitting you, because they didn't cheat on you or walk all over you, you don't recognize how your family relationships are preventing you from being the best version of yourself. Because we're too scared to cut them off. We're too scared to remember that we're teaching them how to treat us. They can come and dump their load on you because you're willing to pick it up. You're willing to listen. You're willing to accept it. They can come and impregnate you with their views, their opinions, their ideas. And you can let that manifest in you until it becomes a spirit because you're not willing to hang up the phone. You're not willing to set a boundary that says, listen, you can't have this conversation with me. Listen, you can't speak to me like that. Listen, I am not even listening to you because I don't feel like you respect me. We're not willing to have them conversations. And that's toxic. Very, very toxic. So I like the way she said that. 
Love that because that's what I mean. It's normal. It's almost normal in some households to have that level of relationship, but it's not okay for one, what it's teaching you about yourself, how it's teaching other people to treat you and also what that becomes what that becomes. If you can speak to your parents in a certain way, you can speak to anybody in a certain way. Just the same way if your parents can speak to you in a certain way, you don't know that that's wrong when you're now speaking to another person in that way. How are you supposed to know that's wrong? Because we act, we like, when we talk about these things, a lot of the time we're looking in hindsight and it's like, well, duh. But if you've ever been in the heat of a moment of a toxic situation, a toxic relationship, mm -mm, honey child, you're in the moment, you're in the moment of being, having those attitudes, behaviors, thoughts that have been so deeply programmed into you that you don't even recognize it anymore. So I just want to shed some light on it. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be coming in the room, ping the man, ping the man. Miss Dina. Go on, go to the room. It's so, so true. Because like when I moved to Derby, like, Obviously, I got, I don't know, like, I moved out of Slough to come to Derby because I felt like Slough was such a toxic place for me. And then even till, like, I've been up here, like, 13, maybe 14 years now, and even now I still get messages like, oh, my God, how come you're not not, not a druggie? Or how how have you moved on? How, how do you do it? And then I think to myself, and I'm like, I don't know, I just... I did it. Like, I can't explain it. But you see as well that... You tap yourself on the shoulder, mama. And also, the change of environment, Sigourney, that's why when I just said about safeguarding your environment, you have to come out of the environment. Listen, so much of us are trying to heal in the same environments that break us every single day. We're trying to heal in them. We're trying to heal in the same family that has broken us. We're trying to heal in the same home that has broken us. We're trying to heal in the same mindset that has broken us. And it's like, when are we gonna step out of the environment and build a new environment so that we can understand that that structure and that foundation was never gonna support us? And so that's I kind of when took myself out of it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you took yourself out of it. And also you've obviously had a certain level of mindset. That mirror was big enough. That mirror of your mum was big enough for you to say, yo, you know what? I'm not going to become that. I'm not going to become that. I deserve better. And like Jan said, you need to literally pat yourself on the back for that because many people don't always make that decision. Some of us, a lot of people, we become what we see because we don't choose different. You chose different and you therefore you've created and manifested different. And that's incredible. Now, you look at, now I'm looking at it at a different perspective now. As, as before, I thought it was just like, you know, like running away from my toxic relationship with my mum and just like, oh, okay, I've moved on now. I'm living my life. I've had my children. You know, they're all growing up great. They're all doing really well. And I'm doing really well by running away from the, the, old, the old life, the old situation that I was in. Because when I first moved to Derby, I didn't speak to my mum for like two years. There you go. Because I felt that... Because, because I felt that it was so toxic with her that and every conversation that after I had with her, I didn't feel right. So but I you see, that's the boundaries. Do you see that there? That's the boundary that you probably didn't identify as a boundary, but it was, okay, cool. I'm having these conversations. They don't feel good. I'm no longer speaking to them. 
Now, too, I'm sure a lot of people at the time, you was probably rude and out of order for locking off your mom and leaving and yada, 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 yeah. yada, yada. But guess what? You matter and you matter the most. And so when you matter the most, you've got to make decisions for you that whether or not they affect somebody else, you have to be willing and ready to make those decisions for you first. Because yeah, look, just, everything comes full circle. Now you have yeah. a better relationship with your mum. Now you might be able to see things different. You're older, you're more mature. You've probably gone through some things yourself. So you probably have a different understanding for the choices that she's made that you didn't have as a child. Yeah, I just felt that I wasn't ready to kind of have that, you know, closeness with her. And we'll probably never have that closeness again. Like back then, like back then we did back before she started before she started doing her drugs or whatever. So obviously we were really close and she was like the only person that I trusted. You know, I could I could trust her with anything in my life. Now, I'm, I, I don't know, like, it's horrible to say, but I kind of feel like, ah, can I trust her with, if I told her that? If I yeah. told her this, could I really, really trust her with that? Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like the barrier's kind of, well, not the barrier, yeah, the barrier's very high. So I've got, like, really, like, high expectations, like, from her now because of because of her like because she's off it now and she's doing really well and she's been drug free now for five years or whatever but now I'm like oh, okay so now what can I trust you with so now it's like restarting a whole new relationship again which is amazing out of that toxic one if that makes sense and that's amazing because that's all that you can do and you can only take it step by step it's a process right it's never going to Rome wasn't built in a day but it's just going to take time and as long as you give it that time you you will heal as a result of it but also you're not actually doing them what you thought you was doing which is running away you're actually facing it you're actually addressing it you're actually going head to head with it and saying okay cool I might not fully trust her yet but I can trust her with this and you just have to rebuild and I and I think that's amazing what you're doing I really think that's a good decision thank you so much for sharing that Ms Tina grand evening mother how art thou Good evening. So you heard me and you read my mind again and you knew that I was coming with the relationship that was not based on an intimate relationship. You knew that I was coming to speak about sibling relationships and family relationships. So you did it again. <laughs> Even when you was there, just saying, I hope somebody could come up. I'm like, I'm here. You called me. And, um, you know, I've gone to my dictionary as I do. And it says, what are the symptoms of a toxic relationship? If you're in a toxic relationship, you may recognize some of these signs in yourself, your partner, or the relationship itself. Lack of support, toxic communication, jealousy, controlling behaviors, resentment, dishonesty, dishonesty, patterns of disrespect, and negative financial behaviors. Broke your dead ass broke <laughs> you're broke you don't have the money you don't have the, the resources to stretch wait hold on a minute can i just say <laughs> people do not identify being broke as toxic <laughs> Listen. I, I, I feel attack again <laughs> daniela catch yan <laughs> Listen to me. I just opened my eyes to that one. I was like, I was really trying 
to meet her expectations because just because wow thank you do you know what though there are some people that you're in relationships with and you don't never have no money you don't never have no money and you remove yourself from around these people your financial circumstances do not change and you like i mean your your opportunities don't change and guess what child you got money being broke is toxic nobody should be broke and and again i looked at the word toxic what's that the etymological root of toxic it says poisonous and i looked into what is poisonous and it's something like a it's like a basically it, it boils down to a chemical imbalance and when tanya said some of us have got that controlling behavior like we want people to show up how we want people to show up so we started to say they should be like this and they toxic toxic poisonous every environment that you go in it should be like this and there and it needs to be like this and it's poisonous controlling toxic so for me, I'm looking at the, or my mother, on her deathbed, she left her brothers and sisters. She trusted them, yeah, with what was the most important thing to her, her children. And one brother in particular, he felt that he determines, he determines <laughs> how my mum's stuff goes. And I, I was looking at that, like the toxicity in brothers and sisters, and sometimes they're jealous because we recreated that pattern. So I then have a sibling that is jealous of my relationship with my children. And the talk sometimes is, you are my sister. <laughs> so they have a jealousy, a toxic, a controlling, like I was your sister before you had those children. And, and these are things that we don't recognise. We don't recognise the toxicity in even our sibling relationship, in our family relationship. And with friends, with a lover, we can choose that. But with our family, we came with them. They came, like Savoni saying, she, she came to that mother. And then what we do, because I, I know the toxicity that I, from that list of what I just described, I know how toxic I was to my children. And to some degree, I could still be. But what I'm in, thank God, is I'm in an environment where, mirror, mirror, somebody shows me a reflection of my thinking. Somebody shows me, wow. And I can feel it in the environment. I can feel when I'm out of balance. I can feel when that poisonous thinking, that out of alignment thinking is coming, and I can catch it. And I now know that it takes 17 seconds. So where my brother Jan is like, I get on the phone and I can't stop. It's 17 seconds, Jan. 17 seconds. <laughs> we have that choice. So if you're not catching yourself within 17 seconds, and you know, sometimes I take 17 hours, sometimes I take 17 days, maybe even 17 months. But the one thing now <laughs> is that I'm real, aware, and woke like i said this morning raw real aware and woke i can't even put myself back to sleep to rastafari it's like huh, i'm being awakened to the truth of who i am so that chemical imbalance guess what as tanya said the other day what does healthy say it says heal thy 
heal thy what? Heal thyself. Nobody else is responsible for it but ourselves. So yeah, that's me. I love it. You came through with the juice, mama. And um, when you dropped it, I was like, I had I had toxic here waiting to drop the definition, but I wanted people to, you know, express what their toxic behaviours were. But I love that you've listed all of those things and you also brought broke up. Like, I've always sat here and assessed, like, why are people in particularly, in my opinion, in the UK, scared to go after the bag? scared to have money, scared to earn like six figures a month, secure X amount of properties, build businesses, whatever it takes to be in a completely different bracket. When we're broken, we're not just broken in our relationships, we're broken in our mind, we're broken in our emotions, we're broken in our spirit. I always look at people that are like, I'm I'm so, I don't know, they might say I'm so spiritual or what's the new thing that everybody says? I'm so woke. I'm so woke. I'm woke. I'm woke. And our oh, people are sleeping. And then I might say to them, well, how much do you earn? Or, you know, what kind of house do you live in? Or, you know, what kind of relationships are you in? And then you can easily identify the brokenness. But we don't want to see that. Because we can make everything look pretty. We can pretty up everything, but are we really willing to clean up the way that we think, the way that we accept things for ourselves, the way that we're willing to be in environments and just sit in them as if we don't have any power or purpose? And that's why I love the list that you revealed, because sometimes we can easily identify toxicness as anger, shouting, um, abuse hitting all of this stuff but actually sometimes we're so toxic to ourselves just by what we're willing to accept for ourselves and then we kind of mirror that in our relationships but what happens when you choose to be abundant in the way that you think or fruitful in the way that you think abundant in your emotions fruitful in the way that you express yourself because as well a lot of the time even not been able to express yourself guys guess what it can lead to toxic behavior because it's all pent up energy does not die it transforms energy doesn't die so when you're in a situation and something happens that doesn't make you feel good doesn't make you feel valued or valuable, doesn't make you feel like you're worthy and you just choose not to get that out. And it doesn't have to be anger. It can be a healthy way like, you know what? That doesn't make me feel good. I don't appreciate it when you did that. I don't appreciate it when you do this. Some of us don't even have that level of care for ourselves that level of love for ourselves. So we let it fester and it sits in us and it's set in us and it literally boils up until we're now exploding at the dumbest little thing. And it ain't got nothing to do with that thing. But we needed to get it out somewhere or better yet, because we don't also want to have this conversation. It doesn't come out as us exploding. It comes out as an illness. It comes out as a disease, dis-ease. Your body being at dis-ease, disease. 
that's what we're experiencing but let's label it with something and then let's get the medication for it and let's pray that it fixes it when you were born healthy most of us even if we came into the world with some difficulties, guess what? We've still managed up until this point, if you're listening to this, to live in a healthy body, even if you've battled through some things. But have you really decided to heal? Do you even give yourself the time and space to safeguard the whole diamond that is you? Because it's a diamond. And when you start to see yourself, even the men, men might not associate themselves as a diamond because, oh, that's some woman's shit. No, 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 honey, you are valuable and you're valuable beyond measure. You are so precious that not everybody gets to have you. Not everybody gets to be around you. Not everybody gets to have your energy, your time, your effort. And we forget how much energy we're giving to people, how much effort we're giving to people. And we give it away freely. And yo, we've been giving away our time, which is one of the most expensive gifts that we've been blessed with. But we're giving it away. Because we're not willing to check in and say, yo, I'm valuable. Yo, I'm worth something. So we just give it away. We'll just give it away. We'll just give it away. But we don't even understand that level of toxic. Miss Shaniqua. What's good, my gal? Welcome to the stage. Oh, hello, hello, hello. How are you? I am well, thank you. Um, I don't know why you're slapping me. I don't know why the hell you're slapping me today. <laughs> but you've been slapping me up this evening. Because I never, ever considered myself as a toxic person because I always had this perception of toxic is the person that beats somebody, emotionally abuses them, physically abuses them, like that kind of thing. Wow. So when I when you've like obviously everyone's been speaking and you've been speaking, and then I was thinking, oh my god, I actually have been very toxic to my to my children. Come on. Um, especially my oldest. Um, I didn't realize it until now. I just thought I had just low patience, but really, truly, <laughs> <laughs> that's the excuse I'm just gonna throw on there. Low patience, but it is just I have an I had an expectation of how my children were gonna be, and it wasn't the expectation that I got. So now I think I can control how my son needs to be instead of letting him really just be free of how the person that he wants to be boom boom wait hold up hold up before you go on because there might be somebody in the room that needs to hear that again just to reset the room we're talking all things toxic relationships we're talking family intimate siblings work anything maybe you're in a toxic relationship with your damn self and actually, I personally believe that all of okay, our... Okay, now you need to stop <laughs> eavesdropping on people's business. 
<laughs> I just literally came to the state back to that, and you're gonna go and, and be eavesdropping. Get out of my mind. Yes, we definitely are in toxic relationships with ourselves. And again, it's easy to play the blame game, but we're bringing it home and we're looking at the different ways that we can all be toxic. And we're trying to devise, and we don't even use that word trying in here. We are dropping strategies, tips, and ideas that can hopefully help you sieve through healing some of your toxic stuff. But what Shanice just said was powerful. She just called herself out and said, ah, I've been trying to make my son be who I want him to be and not allow in him to be who he is. So much of us do that to our children and so much of our parents have done that to us. And please believe me when I fundamentally believe every parent, hmm, I'm going to retract. Most parents are simply doing the best with what they have and can. And if you're able to reach that place of peace, it's super powerful. However, when you're also able to identify that actually mm, my parents may have some toxic ways, ideas, thoughts, behaviors or patterns that they're not addressing, that they're not handling, that they're not dealing with. You do not have to accept that as your premise that you're going to build your life, your thoughts, your behaviors or your patterns on. And it is incredible when you break the chain on those things. And some of us, the only reason why we're experiencing a certain level of toxic is because you are the one that needs to break it. You are the one that needs to make a difference. You are the one that needs to create change. It's you. It's you. Go ahead, Shanice. Just had to back you up, girl. <laughs> That's fine. Um, yeah. Um, but then, in thinking of being toxic to my children, I realised how toxic I've been to myself. So, uh, I'm not ashamed to bring it up. I have been a person that has self-harmed. I have been a person that has um, tried to commit suicide. Um, and all because I have, for many years, have had this super hatred towards myself. Um, and not too long ago, probably like a week, a week ago, yeah, last week, uh, I had the thoughts of self-harm come into my head and I was very close to you know cutting my arms again um and I realized that I'm really I have been treating myself so shit and because I feel like I can't control the way how I am which I can bear in mind I've had this thing where I can't control myself, so I need to put some control into my children. And I think that's where, and then that's how the cycle will start, and then it will continue if I don't break the bad habits or break the toxic chain in my own head. My children don't have toxic things, but I can see if I don't stop the way how I'm how I'm treating myself and how I'm treating them, I can see eventually how it will, especially with my oldest, as, you know, they are, th there's labels being thrown on him, like, he may have ADHD, he may have autism, 
But really and truly, my son is just an amazing child. And I need to Amen. not into the, I, I shouldn't be given into the, the labels of, oh, well, he might have ADHD. My son's a genius. That's it. He's a genius. He's a fucking genius. So is my language. And Many people who have that odd is super intelligent, you know, but I think like you're saying, maybe it's the way that we view these things and, and it's the labels that are put on them. And then we live up to holding our children accountable to these labels. And then when we hold them accountable to these labels, we're now stuck in a catch 22. You feel me? So I love the fact that you've caught it. I thought you was going to call yourself out of being toxic, period. <laughs> But also, Shanice, what I love is you brought up the toxic idea of like self-harm and all of that stuff. But I just wanted to drop another toxic thing, which a lot of us may not call ourselves out on, but running to success, running to make like to be super successful so that we don't have to address anything that we've really got going on. Toxic, boo. Toxic. Toxic. Miss Cece, what's good, Queen? Good evening, good evening, good evening. This has been a great conversation. Um, and for me, in listening, I was thinking about relationships that I've been in that have been toxic. And I was like, actually, my most to toxic relationship has been with myself. It, and, that, and that's me being honest. It's been in what I've allowed, in how I've treated myself. And sitting here listening, I was like, but what was it like? what was that and it was in carrying shame it was in choosing not to speak about things choosing to silence my voice when i had feelings and opinions and make like making myself feel small nobody else was doing that to me it was my ideas and my thoughts and my beliefs and it had it was the most damaging relationship i got to a point where i would come home and I would sit down and watch the sites for hours and hours and hours and hours. That's it. <laughs> hours with no, with no kind of purpose or momentum. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. And, and I found every excuse and I could justify everything. I'm tired. I'm looking after the children. It's this. It was always something outside of me. It was never, ever, I just don't, I'm not honouring myself. I'm not doing what I, what I feel to do. And the minute that I confronted my shame, the minute that I spoke out, the minute that I said, you know, I did have these feelings and I did think this and I did think that it changed, but something shifted inside of me because I find value. I found value in me. I found value in my voice. I found value in um in all fairness sharing my truth and learning that other people could learn from me boom boom powerful sharing your truth and learning that other people can learn from you one of the most toxic things that we do is hide in the closet we hide our pain in the closet, our demons in the closet, our shame, our guilt, our dysfunction. But the truth of the matter is, everywhere we go, in every relationship we enter, a little bit of it is spilling out. Sometimes a lot of it is spilling out. 
and it's coming out bit by bit when you're the type of woman that or man and you know what it was so funny because I told a man the other day you're too easy <laughs> you're too easy to get for me I don't like nothing that's easy I don't like men kind of sometimes think oh it's a thing for women to be easy no it's a thing for men to be easy yo my king value yourself don't just let your tools be available to anybody else. Don't just think that your tools are the only weapons that you've got. What's your mindset saying? What's your heart posture? And I say that to say this, it's the same for us. I am so grateful that my parents did a great job, not a good job, a great job at pumping my value into me from a young age. I knew I wasn't something to play with. I knew I wasn't something that could be in everybody's hands. And even as I've grown up and I've become a little bit more flexible with certain ideas that I had or morals that I had, because I see things from a different perspective, guess what? I'm still a thousand on how valuable I am. And in saying that, it was like, I got to a point of asking myself questions. Why do I have to experience this? Why am I in this situation? What I was definitely a why is this happening to me kind of person. And when I flipped the narrative and said, if I didn't experience these things, I couldn't teach them. Talk if about it. Have, if I didn't have a, a specific story, guess what? I would never be able to talk about them things because it wouldn't be in my view. And on top of that, when you flip the script to not why is this happening to me, but why am I creating this? Yeah. That's the game changer right there. It is. And this morning in our 5am audio, the lady said something which has really, really hit home for me. And if I can give anything to anybody, it would be this. She said this morning, confrontation brings freedom. So much of us are scared to confront our demons. We're scared to look into the dark. You know, we, we are so scared to ask that question. You know, we're so scared to say, what is that? Why do I feel this? What, like, what, what, what is that? Why? When did this happen? How did this happen? We're so scared to ask that question. We're not confronting the things that are going on. So therefore, they're festering. They're building up under the surface and they are coming out in small ways. As Tanya said, they're seeping out into our other relationships. They're seeping out into our friendships. They're seeping out into our children. They're seeping out in our relationships with our parents. They're seeping out in when our children go to school and what, you know, the people that they're interacting with. So we have to confront the darkness. We have to go to war with that inside of us to bring it to light. And what, and what you're saying... You know, today I had a conversation with somebody, they know who they are. And what I noticed in doing the power of words, and um, that's really been growing me on a Wednesday, so I'm grateful to have put myself in that space. But you know how it comes? It's how it comes in the conversation. And it reminds me of the Garden of Eden or that story. I'm not a bad person, but I don't want to sound negative, but I don't want to sound devil comes and one thing right Tanya said that um Basil had said to her the truth doesn't need a defense lawyer so if you know that in your intention there isn't anything other why are you trying to pretty it up I'm not a person that speaks about people but come on we know what we're doing 
And it's the same thing that Yam was talking about. People, this is what I'm saying. You see that kind of language. The minute that people start a sentence like that, my whole body goes protect. And the reason why my body does that is because I'm like, Ugh, that is so ugly. Say what you want to say and say it with chest. Feel what you want to feel and own it. Be responsible for the way that things are penetrating you. It's so funny because, you know, when we were growing up, like we would be encouraged by older people that you just don't lie down and take wood. That was not what we was encouraged to do. However, many of my peers, that's where they found their value. They found their value by whatever amount of people were onto them or sleeping with them or with them. That was never where my value was or what I was encouraged to do. And my mum always used to say this one thing, don't be going around like you're all that and a bag of chips. <laughs> I used to laugh when she said it. She's like, you know, when you get chips from the chip shop, everybody can put their hat in and take out of the chips. Don't go around like you're all that and a bag of chips. And so when I used to walk around, it was almost like when I was younger, I felt like people were the people that had belief in their self that kind of had value the people that were didn't have any they would try and pull them down like she thinks she's too good or she thinks she's too nice or she thinks that she's all that and a bag of chips right but what they didn't recognize is no it's not that she thinks she's those things she knows her worth she knows her value so she doesn't maneuver in a way that you do you don't know your worth. You don't know your value. So you're looking out at people that do and you're turning up your chin. You're saying, I don't want to say this, but, and it's a lot of projection, projection, projection. Spin that mirror around and check yourself. And that's what we don't do. And that's why sometimes the toxic behaviors get out of hand. Because we might even get to a certain level of awareness where it's like, okay, cool, I learned that from mummy. Oh, I learned that from daddy. Oh, I learned that because I was hurt. So now I protect myself and it comes out like X, Y, or Z. But it's not enough to know. It's not enough to know. What action are you willing to take to really heal that? What action are you willing to take to really listen to yourself? Because when we start listening to ourselves, I believe that's where the healing begins. Because there can be some things on your mind and on your chest and on your spirit. They don't let you sleep. They're coming up again and again and again. You're thinking about them again and again and again. You're experiencing them again and again and again. I believe the universe is always giving us lessons as much as it's given us blessings. And until we get the lesson, it will keep coming back. So when we're experiencing certain levels of behavior, certain interactions, certain conversations, what's the lesson? Because I kid you not, certain conversations will never come to my phone, period. I say it with chest. People are not going to message my phone and talk about somebody else, number one. People aren't going to say, did you hear? No, I didn't. Because I don't welcome that level of conversation. I don't welcome it at all. I don't welcome certain things. And this is the thing. We've got to start to understand what we're welcoming. We've got to start to understand what we're accepting. We've got to start to understand what we're open to. And therefore, when we're open to it, what it's doing when it comes in our environment. 
And I'm talking about the environment of our mind, our spirit, our emotions, our body. What are we doing with that information when it comes into our environment? And I mean, this is a conversation when it comes to toxic that we could go on and on and on. What I'm grateful for about in this room is we've been able to raise levels of awareness of toxic behaviors that maybe you wasn't aware of before. Because like Shani says, you can identify certain things as toxic and not call yourself into account with those things. Because guess what? You're not punching up anybody. You're not knocking anybody out. You're not abusing anybody verbally, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. But actually, the way that you react in certain situations, is that healthy? Is that really a reflection of the best version of yourself? Is it really? And I think that sometimes it's not, but we're not willing to say that it's not. So we're just easier to blame and, oh, this was taught to me and I don't know what to do about it. We can do something about it. I believe that healing is a forever journey in different aspects because there's many different layers to us. There's many different layers to us. So I don't believe we ever fully heal. I believe we're always experiencing, always learning, always growing, always healing, should we choose. But you see things like growth and healing, they're choices. Some people are staying the same. You met them at five, you speak to them at 50, they're the exact same person. They haven't chose to grow. They haven't chose to do anything different. They do the same things expecting to get a different outcome. And like Einstein says, that's a result of insanity. That's toxic itself. We can't expect to do the same things and get a different outcome. We have to be willing to put things in place and positions to change. Before I, I'm gonna share um, some other toxic traits that we may not have spoke about, um, just what I picked up along the way. So, um, the toxic person paints the best picture, but leaves, leaves the truth on the side. They paint the best picture. You know, when you're dating someone, they give you the good, good, everything is good, good, good. But you see, like Claudine said, Cece said, they're never addressing their demons. They're never addressing their darkness. They're never being vulnerable. Yo, I even think not being able to be vulnerable. Can y'all believe that I'm about to say this? I think it's toxic. And I was a person that didn't like vulnerability because I felt like that was weak. I thought people who are vulnerable are weak. So I never wanted to be vulnerable, yuck. But when you understand love in its purest form, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. Because if you're not willing to be vulnerable with yourself, with your partner, with your friends and family, or whoever it is that you say you love, then you're doing that thing of just showing the best parts of yourself and holding everything else in. You might be addicted. To... Go ahead. Yeah, on that point, it's like the, um, what we watched this morning at 5 a.m. And it was a gentleman and he had a secret in his marriage and the secret was that he was addicted to porn. And that kind of led to other things. And then he had to be honest about it. But like Claudine said, when he was honest, when he came up with the honesty, he said that there was an expectation on him as a man that they were a particular kind of way. And sometimes that is like learned behavior, society, you know, like certain things like 
us as mothers and the man may, may not be present and we're bringing up boy children and there's this thing, boys don't cry, boys don't, and then we kind of take that on and we're saving it. So we might have a sensitive young man who feels like he wants to express himself through tears, but we're saying, yeah, boys don't cry. You've got to be a man. You've got to do it. So then we're giving them a description or a way to be, which is very toxic because it's not allowing them to align to the truth of their core and the truth of who they are at their root. So, yeah, when you're describing that, I think that um, men have this thing like, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, because they have to man up or they have to be perceived to be a particular way. And then also when they don't own their emotions, that's when we're having the toxic stuff of drugs, um, over-sexualizing things, pornography, all of these other behaviors that actually when you're on purpose, in purpose, living a purpose-filled life, you ain't addicted to anything. I genuinely am going to do a talk on that because I have this theory in my head that if you're living a purpose-filled life, you will not have addictions. That's my theory. Y'all can challenge me on it, another room for another day, but I fundamentally believe that. And I feel that through my research and studies in 33 years of life, that that is the truth. Because I feel that addictions come from neediness and we don't need anything because we have everything that we need. But that's a different conversation for a different day. But I just heard that. And that was my next point, that you're addicted to things. You're addicted to pornography, sex, could be drugs, alcoholism, validation, wanting to feel good. Some people are addicted to feeling good. Like if they feel anything other than good, they're out of it. They don't know what to do. Another toxic trait is keeping your addictions to yourself, not feeling like you can talk to your partner or speak your truth. Thinking you're more valuable because you are a man. Feeling like you own your family. Having control over everyone and everything. So many people suffer with that. Wanted to control everyone and everything. Some people in their families want to control their kids, their man, their woman, their dad, their mum. Why do we need to control anything? What is that level of control that we're dealing with? Another toxic trait, nor, I can't even say that word today, narcissist. Why can't I say, yeah, that is it. Narcissist, you're edgy or you're super focused on work, 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 success, 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 success. I mean, overly focused on it. Being angry all of the time allowing shame or guilt to go undressed and then the effects come out in other behaviors wanting to believe the best when your spirit is telling you the worst whoa now that's major we know like we know like we know like we know sometimes that something is not right that something is not good for us that something doesn't serve us and we ignore it, we ignore it, we ignore it, we ignore it, we ignore it. Yo, that's toxic. Because your spirit is your GPS system. It's your guidance, it's your intuition. It's that knowingness that already knows how to protect you more than you think you know how to protect yourself. 
but we'd rather ignore that and listen to the outside voices. That's a deep one. Um, wanting to run from the people you love and from people that can help and heal you. I would also say wanting to run from your truth, wanting to run from your purpose, wanting to run from a deeper understanding of life or things. You know, if you're ever lucky, blessed, fortunate enough to be in my personal life, anything goes on to you, I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And you're like, it means nothing. But I'm like, no, no, seriously, what's going on? Because some things happen and I feel like it's a sign. And I feel like sometimes we can just continuously ignore it, you know? So even if you don't know, Cece's my sister. And when she was talking about when she would sit at home and binge watch soaps, oh my Jesus, it wasn't soaps, it was this, it was, and I was like, mm -hmm. How, I mean, I mean, how do you even have time to live that kind of life? And we got there. We got her out of that space. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> um, <Say hallelujah. laughs> a major one is taking advantage whoop, of grace and mercy and chance after chance. Taking advantage we take advantage of people's kindness. We take advantage of people's compassion, of people's understanding, of people's time and energy and effort. Because somewhere in us, we know, oh, they're just going to be there. That's toxic. That's toxic, guys. And for many of us who might be religious or spiritual or whatever you want to call it, we take major advantage of God's grace and mercy within our lives every single day. Major. But there is great relief when you bring things out of the dark into the light. Before I give you the recovery process that I've kind of developed, it's short, it's simple, it's smooth. At this point, does anybody want to say anything? Anybody in the audience want to speak about a toxic relationship or anything that may have triggered them, alarmed them, given them awareness in this conversation? This is your point to come to the stage. This is a conversation and we like to hear from people and their different views and opinions. Um, I've got chats going off saying people are here taking licks. <laughs> they are um, embracing the conversation. I like it. Awareness is key, guys. Um, so, yeah, anybody. Oh, we got somebody coming up. Oh, we got a few people coming up. OK, I'm going to run this tune while I bring you guys to the stage. Pick up your feelings. Ah, 
is some of our feelings that have got us acting toxic as fuck. <laughs> Welcome to the stage, Miss Bev. What's good, Queen? Grand evening, everyone. Grand evening. that and I just think not speaking your truth in the moment so much of us destroy ourselves just by that simple decision it's a decision like Bev said that becomes a spirit you become smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and less valuable and less valuable and less worthy and less worthy because of the conversation that you're having with yourself and more time, if you just confront it, like Claudine says, confrontation can bring you freedom. If you just confront it, more time is nothing close to what we thought it was. But we're now eating the dumplings and carrying the weight in our belly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're turning it into something. You know, it's just about moving forward and stop thinking about what the end result's going to be. He's going to feel this, she's going to feel that. They might feel this way, I might feel that, but it doesn't even matter. But can I say on that point, it is so powerful that you said that because I was just talking in one of my coaching sessions with my private client before this, and we were talking about boundaries. And one thing that I said, you will find it difficult, right, to communicate when you don't have boundaries. When you start to recognize that boundaries are to protect, not to guard, not to push away, but to protect what is inside of you. You see that level of communication. My mum's in this room, my dad's in this room, my sister's in this room. I don't play about me. I don't care who it's gonna hurt. I don't care what they're gonna think about it. I don't care how it's gonna make them feel 
before I care about what it's going to do to me. And it's so real when you guys get that level of awareness. And I'll be honest with you, my parents taught me that lesson because both of my parents are givers. And they give so much, it made me mad. <laughs> it made me angry. But also, I've become that person. Guys, when I'm on this talk right now, there must be about 15 kids in between my house and my garden. My house is like a play center. But guess what? If they can feel safe here and protected here, and if it means that even though I'm going to the shop every day to fill up my house to feed them, then we give God thanks that we've got enough to give. But it took me a while to get to that place. I mean, I've always been a giver, but I didn't know about protecting what's within. And sometimes, even to this day, I don't feel like my parents know how valuable they are. I don't think they know how worthy they are. I don't think they recognize the diamonds that they are to all of us. You feel me? So it's like, yo, mom, dad, where's your boundaries? But you see, when you recognize your value, when you recognize your purpose, when you recognize that you are a whole diamond, guess what, guys? Not everybody gets to have a diamond in their hands because they don't know how to take care of it. You might flaunt the diamond that's on your finger. You might let them see it, but they ain't getting to touch it. They ain't getting to take that home. They ain't getting to walk with that because you protect it at all costs. And that's the level of boundary that we've got to have for self. That's the level of boundary that we've got to have for self because that changes our communication game. A lot of us are communicating that I'm not worthy. I'm not valuable. I don't think my time, energy or effort is valuable. So I'm just giving it. I'm just giving it. I'm just giving it. But you feel me? When you recognize those things and you now start to, whew, you know what? I'm gonna put a boundary in place that says, when I am in a conversation and I don't understand something, I'm going to ask, what did you mean by that? Because with a boundary comes an action. It's not enough just to say what you're gonna do, you've got to action it. So when you action it, when you actually say, what do you mean by that? Now you attach a feeling to it before you even get there. So you might say to yourself, okay, if I do that, how would I feel? And then you might say to yourself, I would feel more powerful in the moment. I would feel like I stood up in my truth. Now you're creating a clear picture of how to set boundaries and how to execute them. I just gave y'all a plug to something that you'd pay me 150 pounds for, <laughs> really. <laughs> but I just did give you a plug. Um, know your value, know your worth, put boundaries in place because it helps you communicate efficiently. It helps you protect what is within. And guess what? You know, when I had to put boundaries in place, when I experienced the most toxic relationship of my life, because I was in the giving season, I was give, 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 because I knew that they needed love. I knew that they, they needed value. I knew that they had been through some things, but hey, what about me? What about me? For some of us, it's easy to give. For some people, they are so selfish. They couldn't give even if they tried because it's all about them, 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 them. So it's a balance. Listen, when you give to yourself in a healthy way, you, yo, do you know how much you have to give? 
Do you know how much you've got left over? I've been doing a new thing. I've been having my nieces and nephews. That's because I've got so much to give. I can do them and still run my businesses and still keep on top of whatever and still have time for me because discipline has been my portion. <laughs> and I've been working on a relationship with time. Next. Thank you, Bev. That was a good point. Who came up next? Miss Dixie. Miss Dixie. Good evening, good evening, good evening. I look like a weirdo because I'm standing in the same spot because if I move, I'm scared of the signal. Oh, bless you. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> so, um, I never thought I was a toxic person until you just looked at your little list and uh, I definitely was toxic. I was the toxic daughter um, and I was the toxic sister. <laughs> so, And I love I'm that your bit your your um your expectations allowed you to become bitter. That's deep. And that happens for a lot of us. I, I've experienced that. Certain of my expectations in a relationship from my parents, from just people, period. I was bitter. Oh, don't even talk to me about my intimate relationships because <laughs> that had me mad. But it all stemmed from one thing. And it's just stemmed from my expectations. That was it. But we like to pretty it up and call it something else. Yeah, we do. And that's what I, and that's what I found out with it. I was like, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not upset. I'm just irritated. Or, or what I call my temper tantrums, you know, my bratness, my brattishness. And we my, both know both of us can act spoiled. Spoiled as yeah. hell. Because I was an only child. Sometimes... My mum's like, Dixie, you're 30 odd years old. Why do you still have only child syndrome? And I'm like, leave me alone. Let me be in my feelings. And when I'm ready to talk to you, I'll talk to you about it. Whereas we don't do that now. You know, we're grown. We're an adult. You know, we've, we've stepped up in life. I've elevated. <laughs> <laughs> and we're learning to process, you know, a lot of that, that bitterness comes from not addressing the first time or the second time, or the third time. So now you're just bitter. And that bitterness leaks out everywhere. Listen, I was bitter about wanting a better life at one point because I felt like 
I was trying to encourage everybody around me, like, come on, let's move, let's do this, let's do that. And, and when you feel the weight of that responsibility, yet you're trying to give everybody a hand and put everybody else out and reach out and, and, and you walk back in and it's literally like you're walking into a bombshell in your yard. Yo, the bitterness that was in me would come out because I was mad with myself that I wanted something better because certain things weren't handed to me. Imagine, I went running after things because I wanted to change, I wanted to evolve, I wanted different experiences, but then I was mad that I had to run after things. Catch yourself. I'm a real ass woman. Everything I wear is raw. Everything I speak is raw. My brand itself is called raw because in our purest form, with nothing on top of us, no clothes, no clothes on our thoughts, our minds, our ideas, right? When you tap into that rawness, no matter how bitter, no matter how pretty, no matter how amazing, do you know what you can produce? And most of us are just scraping the edges of it. We're just scraping around the surfaces of our greatness because we won't deal with the things that have festered inside of us. I've got three more toxic points for y'all, but I'm awake. Miss Caroline, welcome to the stage. How art thou? Thank you, Dixie. Hi. Hey, girl, um, tell us. Uh, I mean, it's funny because I haven't spoken, Claudine invited me, and I haven't spoken to her in a while, and then today I speak to her and she invites me to this, and it's about toxic relationships. So, um, I mean, I've been going through it with myself. Definitely, I, I now definitely realise I've got toxic traits that I, I was not willing to even deal with or to even be like I know you know like when you know but it's like I'm, I'm not ready to, to go there in myself yet I'm not ready to deal with that and I think the biggest one the two biggest ones for me is having an unrealistic expectation of my parents and it's like I'm going through I'm now trying to heal and I'm now trying to look at the wounds of what's kind of shaped me but I wasn't willing to extend that to my parents. I was like, how are you in your 50s and 60s and you still haven't dealt with things? And I was, it was, I was so, even when I was trying to talk to them, I'm getting mad at them because I'm like, how have you not dealt with this? How have you, how is this still affecting you? And I was just like, to the point where I actually stopped talking to my parents because I was like, I can't deal with this. I can't, I, I, I don't, I don't know, I, I can't relate, but then when I started going through it with myself and um, my children are hitting me with things and my children are telling me things about me, even sometimes when I'm talking to them, I'm talking to them like I hate them and when, what she needs to tell about, especially with the way she relates to her eldest, I'm the same as mine, like Isaiah is like 12 and I'm chatting to him like he's a grown man, I'm like, what are you doing? Like... Um, sometimes when I'm talking to him, I'm like, I hear, you know that when you hear yourself talking and it's like, yes. who is this person that's coming out of my mouth? Who is this person? Like, that's my son. I'm attacking my son verbally because of I'm trying to deal with my own stuff. Love that. And he's in the vicinity, so he's going to get it. 
And this is the thing, it's one of those things where we become so toxic because we don't address our own shit. So when we don't address our own stuff, so we're looking for mummy and, and daddy to address theirs and they should know better. They're older. They should have processed. They should have did this. And when we don't get the reaction that we want from them, now it's our kids. You got to do better. As much as I know better and as much as I've got experience and as much as I've got awareness, right, I recognize that because of some of the things that I went through, the way that I would want my children to live a certain life, Mm. it's toxic to a degree because it's putting weight on them that actually they're just kids and yes like when Jan said he he asked his son a question we can give them awareness right we don't have to be piling bricks of knowledge of stuff of this and that on them because we didn't do a good enough job or our parents didn't do do you understand there's a there's a there's a way that we've got to find a balance there's a way that we've got to find a a level to this stuff and and it's coming to a place of truth within ourselves that we can come to that place of truth with others but one thing I will say publicly Caroline, I cannot wait for the day that you get into one of my rooms. You have been one of the people that I would just love to coach, dissect, like just on so many levels. I can't wait. I'm just going to wait until you're ready. I'm just going to wait. <laughs> but be ready, girl. Be ready. It's a process, but I'm getting there. I mean, I'm learning. It's a little, I have to. For me, I mean, even I, I start things where I start, but I think this is the most consistent I've been. But it takes, um, I have to look at it, and then there's days that I have to step away because I'm like, this is it's too raw. Mm. Like, I've, I've buried it for so long. I've, I've, you know it, but it's like I'm not, I'm not facing that yet. I'm not dealing with that. So I jump into something else. Uh, I throw myself into you know, I've got the children, or it's just excuses, you know, you come, oh, I've got the children, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I ain't got time to deal with myself. That's the toxic stuff right there. It's coming out, like, the way I talk to them, the way I relate to them, the way I I expect them to behave, the way I, you know, just just everything, and it's just, just, even the way sometimes I run my house, and it's so chaotic, and the children are like, mum, why are you doing this, like, just do it like that, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing it like that, and then I have to go back and do it the way they said to do it because it, it makes sense. Yes. And it's less work. And anyone who knows me personally knows I've got a whole heap of children. I ain't got time to be doing things, you know. and also one other thing you've just raised a good point thank you so much lack of structure (laughs) guess what guys (laughs) toxic.com what did you say (laughs) yeah You're so blessed to be in this space right now. And you're so blessed to live in the country that you live in because there's something about the atmosphere there that can just heal you. If you're willing to open up to it. Um, I've loved this room. I've loved every single one of your contributions and I'm super grateful. I just want to drop a couple more tips, which one, lack of structure. (laughs) Hmm. Guys, that randomish, it doesn't cut it. It doesn't cut it all the time. Yes, it's great, but it doesn't cut it all the time. 
But here's another few, justifying your BS and dysfunction. Now, when I say BS, I'm not just talking about your bullshit, but I'm talking about your belief systems. A lot of our toxicness and our dysfunction comes from our belief system, and we're not willing to look at them. We're not willing to dissect them. We're not willing to investigate and analyze them. Another one, denial about your own painful and hurtful actions. Who needs it? Denial about your own painful and hurtful actions. And my last one, doing good just to receive and doing things to get another result like a power play. Like I'll do this to look good or I'll do this to have control. I'll do this to be better. Toxic.com. There you have it. A lot of toxic traits, a lot of toxic mannerisms that maybe you wasn't aware of before this conversation, but I pray you leave the room with more awareness. And, and like Jan says, maybe take a stroll along the beach, maybe take a walk, maybe get out your journal, a pen and a piece of paper and start to sit with yourself and be like, yo, am I toxic? Where am I toxic? What have I witnessed that's toxic that I've embodied and taken on? And mostly, how can I heal? How can I change? How can I move on? How can I create something different? Because the truth of the matter is, ain't nobody coming to fix you. No one is coming to take you out of your madness. You've got to be willing to dig yourself out yourself. Like a many birds, right? I like to study some birds and I can't think like an eagle. Eagles, they don't fly with everybody else, babes. They don't. And the only way that some birds can fly with them is by jumping on their back. And when they get to a certain height, those birds can't breathe up there. They end up dying. Who's trying to jump on your back and fly with you that doesn't serve you anymore? Also like butterflies, we love to speak about butterflies and how a caterpillar goes into the cocoon, right? Into the darkness and it comes out as something completely different. When are you gonna give yourself permission to do that? But did you know if you broke that cocoon, that butterfly will not come out and be able to fly. So the butterfly has to break itself out of the cocoon and develop the trust in its own wings, in its own process, in its own darkness, that it is meta, like that's the process of metamorphosis. So it becomes something else. We talk about transformation, but what about metamorphosis? Some of you ain't changing. You're just playing with the same energy in different relationships. You're moving the same thoughts and ideas over different parts of your life. So in this season, you might be, oh, it's your weight and whatever issues. In next season, it might be money. And the season after that, it might be relationships. But guess what? Go to the root of it. Is your energy the same? Is your energy shifting? Is your energy moving? Is your thought process developing? Are you actually willing to go through a process called metamorphosis? Are you seriously willing? Or are you going into the dark rooms of your life and not willing to develop the photographs? When we think of how pictures used to be made, they were made in the dark room. Used to take your little realm, do you remember that little film there on the roll? And they had to develop them in the dark rooms and then that's how you got the picture. 
Are you willing to develop in the dark room and create a different picture? It's wake up season. It's not about to be woke. It's not, I'm woke. It's not, I'm spiritual. It's not, I'm religious. It's, I am that I am. So I am that darkness. I am that light. I am that struggle. I am that pain. I am that purpose. I am that power. I am that queen. I am that king. So I'm going to move like one. Because I'm responsible. And I'm taking ownership of all my territory. And I'm covering all ground. And I'm building something that's so solid that no man, no man can make or break. This is the season that we've got to step into. And when we're building and you're only focused on building, you ain't focused on what's breaking you. Some of y'all got shaky relationships with yourself. So you're focused on building when it feels good and when things are going right. But when contrast and conflict comes off, you're knocking down your own bricks. Ain't no one else even coming and tearing them down. Build from the inside out. Heal from the inside out. Develop yourself from the inside out. Because the picture looks different. Sorry, but sometimes something just makes me go off. But anyway, <laughs> the recovery process. Number one. Confess, heal, transform. So it's about owning it. It's about owning the stuff. It's about saying, yo, I get mad for no damn reason. I get triggered easily. I'm out of control in my emotions. And then transform that talk into what you want it to become. So it's one thing to identify it, but what do you want to do with that? What do you want to turn it into? What do you want to make it mean? Number two, apologize and amend. In the audio we spoke about, we were speaking about, if anybody wants this audio, we're happy to share it with you, just contact me. But the audio we watched today, it was a couple and there was a breakdown in their relationship because the man was addicted to pornography. And um, he held a secret for 10 years. He held that secret from his wife for 10 years. When it finally was revealed, she was like, yo, her spirit said, you got to leave. And as much as her spirit told him to leave, like literally do not return home. And y'all know when a woman has made up her mind, a man knows. I always say this, when you kick a man out, they know when you're just telling them, go and stay at your mates for a couple of days. I'll forgive you in a couple of hours. Or when they're like, do not come back. And her energy was like, don't come back. So he never came back. And then he resorted to, nah, she don't need me. I, you know, I'm successful anyways. I don't need her. The denial, right? But when they finally, when he got to a point of, you know what, I'm going to fix up. The woman said she believed at that exact same point that he got to that point of decision. Hear it. <laughs> when he got to that point of decision that he was going to fix up, she heard and felt in her spirit that she needed to forgive him. And she was like, what? But she had made it a habit of surrendering to God. So she trusted the process. She listened to herself. She listened to her intuition. And they both went on a journey of recovery. But not only did he have to apologize, he had to amend. Now, we know the quote that the only form of, um, the real form of apology is changed behavior, right? Yes, babe. Okay, ask Jalil. 
Okay. The only form of changed behavior, right? The only form of an apology is changed behavior. So when you really start to change your behavior, it allows you to make amends. It's one thing to say, I'm sorry. It's another thing to amend it. So we can apologize for our toxic behavior, but are we willing to amend it? And let me tell y'all, from my own personal experience, and maybe some of you can bear witness to this, you might apologize for one thing, but listen, that one thing has had impact on so many things. And because it's had impact on so many things, there are layers to what you've got to apologize for. There are layers to what you need to amend. But some of us just do the one thing and we think we're good. And that's where it resolves in more toxic behavior. When you fully commit to the process and you allow the layers to be revealed and you're truly humble and apologetic in the process and you're willing to amend, it can change the whole game. Because everything starts to look different. Things start to feel different. Have you ever been around a person that's truly sorry? Like truly sorry. I am so grateful. I am so grateful for my family. I have seen some transformations in the people that they choose to be through the amends and apologies that they've made. And because I've been a witness to it, I know that it's possible. And I just pray that people give themselves that level of appreciation to be able to do that. We don't have to stay as the same person forever. We don't have to hold on to our toxic behavior forever. We can actually apologize and amend. And the thing about point number two is many of us might decide, okay, cool, you know what? That was toxic of me or that was bad or whatever, but we're not willing to apologize like publicly or to the people that we hurt or to the people that it affected. And that is also where it becomes more toxic. I've been in certain situations and I legit, it's not even that I, I don't ask for an apology, but I just pray that in their behavior, in who I see them become or who I see them be, that they just change. Just the same way for me, if I've been toxic or bad for people, I'm just like, yo, I pray I have an opportunity to amend that. That's major. Apologizing, a lot of people don't do. And step number three, do the work. Forgive yourself for each piece of the puzzle. Don't just forgive yourself for the, the big thing. Forgive yourself for everything, for the impact that it's created, for the influence that it might have had. That's the work. And a lot of the time we don't forgive ourselves, but we don't recognize how much of a gift forgiveness is. Number four, confront your pain and your demons so it allows you to be free. Confront them, face them, deal with them, dissect them and release them. Some of us get stuck in that stage where we're just continuously confronting, 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 but we're not releasing them. So point number six is release the shame, release the guilt, because all of that will steal your joy. Don't allow it to steal your joy. Whatever has happened, has happened for a reason. Believe it or not, no matter how good or bad it is, it's happened for a reason. So we have to be willing to hustle for our joy. Some of us are hustled to struggle. Hustle to look good. But what happens when we start hustling for our joy? Be willing to set yourself free and hustle for your joy. 
And um, the last point is honor yourself. And maybe that's the first point. But when you're willing to honor yourself in any situation, any scenario, any relationship, any circumstance, yes, pain might still happen, but you're able to sleep good at night. You feel me? You're able to work, wake up intentional. You're able to work, wake up purposeful. Some of the most beautiful things have come out of the most painful situations for me personally. But it's because I've been willing to change my perspective on them. Or I've been willing to address my own shit or my own um, participation in the problem or the scenario. And a lot of us don't do that. But that's my tips, y'all. I hope that they help you guys. I hope that this room has been dope. I said to my sons before I came on here, I ain't got much more to say today. I'm just going to be on there for like 45 minutes. Ha. Two hours later, we made it. <laughs> but I thank you so much for your time, your energy, your conversations, your contributions, and most and importantly, your presence. I value each and every single one of your presence in supporting this Shake the Room as a whole, in creating your own rooms as a part of it, and being a part of the movement. This is something that I have visualized for years. And I, I'm so grateful that this has been a season that is actually coming into fruition. And that's one thing that I would say, you can shift, you can change, you can create. And some of me creating a lot of this has come from me sitting in a dark place, in a dark room, feeling like I ain't shit, like I ain't got shit, like I ain't left with anything, but I keep choosing to do something with my leftovers. And I pray that y'all do the same. So even if you've experienced a toxic relationship, you're still worthy you're still valuable, you're still dope, you're still great, you're still amazing. And if they left, <laughs> that's their problem because honey, you're still the bag. You're still the diamond before that experience. That experience hasn't changed you. It's just given you some extra cuttings on your diamond. So it's made you a little bit more valuable and a little bit more unique. I just pray that you do something with that value. I pray that you do something with all that, that, toxic or that pain has taught you don't let it fester inside of you turn it into gold turn it into something use every inch of it and make your damn self proud before you think about making anybody else proud because when you make you proud those people that are really for you they're going to be proud about you too i pray this conversation has been dope it's been super enlightening for me any last thoughts, ideas, opinions, anyone in the audience that was just listening and feel like you enjoyed it, please let us know. Anyone on the stage got anything to say? Oh, y'all doing that quiet thing? Okay. Yes, ma'am. With regards to when you said <clears throat> metamorphosis and now meta, it means to go beyond or like it's like star trek reach destinations that you haven't reached yeah so i used to watch star trek and that's kind of shows my age so what i think it brought up for me is that within my toxicity of control whenever i was attempting to make a change before and change like i'm going to move the table from here to there the transformation and metamorphosis, it means that it's unrecognizable. It means Period. that you haven't seen that shape or form before. Period. So when I, when oh. I've let go of control, yeah, then I don't control the outcome. 
So I'm not trying to say, okay, I'm going to do this and it's going to look like that and it's going to be like this because that's all from control. So sometimes we're trying to make ourselves better or less toxic in our relationships with each other, whether it's, you know, brother, sister, mother, father, siblings, partner, life, work, whatever, every form of relationship. But we're coming from that controlling aspect of this is how I'm going to come across in work. This is how I'm going to promote my thing. This is how I'm going to... And you're still coming from in the confinement of what you already know. No, metamorphosis and transformation is unrecognizable. It's like when I spoke this morning and I said that in the beginning there was the word. It was without shape or form. So we've been asked to bring ourselves into an area that we don't know. And that's by just letting go and allowing... So we have to let go of the toxicity of what we know, and that's the mindset that we're trying to control everything from. This is a completely new space, and that's the part of the relationship that we take for granted, the space, because it's in the space, it's in the allowing of the space that the magic happens. Powerful. Very powerful. Thank you. And that's the truth. I'm sure if we could speak to caterpillars that they don't know the outcome of becoming a butterfly. Just like if we could see or speak to ourselves in the womb. I don't think we know the outcome of coming into this world and being a human as we know it. But we don't, we can't control that process. We're very trusting within it. But yet we come here and we wanna control so much. And we want to do things by the book. That's why I have a problem with education and university, although I love it. But hey, another talk for another day. Um, I love y'all. And again, thank you so much for being here. Anyone else got anything to say before I wrap up? Thank you. It's been very interesting. I've loved the relationship series. It's been great. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. And I pray that I get to upload it. Because <laughs> if you missed out, you need to go back and catch every week. It's been super enlightening. And I want to shout out the men in the room that have been willing to come to the stage and speak. We've been calling for men. I am calling for men. You know, my children's father, who's actually in the room, he gave me an affirmation once to put on a bracelet, lead by example. Is that haunting you, Jay? <laughs> is it haunting you? But one thing I would say is, I feel like, oh, they're coming up now. Okay, men, okay. <laughs> um, one thing I would say though, is leading by example. I feel that there's more and more spaces of women creating the space for women to lead by example. But I'm gonna keep calling on my brothers because I need y'all for my sons and I need y'all to speak your truth. I need y'all to live your truth. I need y'all to explain where you went wrong and how you could do better and the mistakes that you made so that these young boys have role models of truth, of legacy, of people that are you know willing to go and get the bag, people that can show them that, yo, you don't have to be a rapper to be successful. You don't have to be doing that to be successful. There is so many other options, but I'm just praying that y'all show up and y'all come forward and y'all keep being the best examples that you can be for our sons because we need some kings to raise some kings real talk mr morgan what's good how are you you're muted darling okay how you doing 
Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Sorry, I, I caught a lot of what you were saying, or well, majority of it. I think it was um, spot on. I think that you covered a lot of bases of um, talking about toxic relationships. Um, may I ask, because I did, like, uh, I was a little bit in and out with a certain part. Did you cover... I know you were covering that what I thought was very interesting, actually, um, how you will pass on your trauma to... Um, you can pass on your trauma to your children and stuff of that nature, mm. and you can pass it on to the next generations. So I thought that was really powerful to say. Um, I don't know if you said this already, and, and, and so I don't want to uh, reiterate what you've already said. Have no, say it again, that? because our people are hardened. So, you know, sometimes okay. we don't hear the first time. <laughs> sometimes, like, what I've noticed as well around me or in environments that I've actually been around, that sometimes you can not only just pass on your toxic energy with with the things that you, like like you were saying, like money, hate, um, arguing, disappointment, expectations, and stuff like that. Sometimes you can also do it with the good things. And I think a lot of the time, what I realise is sometimes you allow your children to be too free, mm. or you allow your children to be too open, or you want them to be, or you push them in the right direction, but with the wrong energy. With, within the wrong love, uh, kind of come on. space. So I've, I've realised a lot. Of, a lot of the time, I've seen like, oh, I didn't make it as a footballer. I didn't get the right education, so I'm going to push my children to be have a, a great, great education. But that might not be their calling. Talk and if you sick. don't realise what their callings are, then sometimes you can be trying to do the good things, but that can still become toxic because you're trying to share them. Um, show them a lot of love but sometimes they need to stick sometimes you're trying to show them a lot of give them a lot of money because you didn't have any but sometimes you need to be able to teach them how to use that money not what money it not just to be able to spend it yeah sometimes you need to be able to um not just say try to guard them from all the like the hate or the disgusting things in the world sometimes you've got to teach them how to notice the difference Love, I respect that and I love that so much because that is my ethos exactly. But I also hear, right, it's like, I'm going to call me and Cece out. So we got to a certain age and we recognise that we need to read a different collaborative of books, for instance, right? And we really should have be putting ourselves in certain rooms. So we'll be on our sons like, how many pages have you read today? What books have you read? And there was a point where I had to catch myself because I was like, I get it. I want them to have access to a different level of information. I want them to know that the information they require is in a book. But right now I'm making them hate reading because I'm making it mandatory that you read at least 10 pages a day or you read for at least that. Yo, that can become toxic. As much as I stand on a football pitch every week, guys, I love football. I'm a full football mum. And some of these children, yo, they're talented, but let me tell you, their spirit is broken because their parents want it more than they do. And we've got to hold ourselves accountable for what we're doing. One thing I love about the time that we live in, I don't care what is happening or perspectively happening, it is a great time to be alive. It is a great time to be alive. And when we using that greatness to have this level of open conversation, to have this level of awareness. Yo, we are healing generations. 
just like you said, Sheldon, some people will just give their kids money because they didn't have money. Some people's kids are laced in name brand from head to toe to look good, but they ain't got them with no substance inside. They ain't built up their mental body. They ain't built up their emotional body. I'm not saying you can't spoil or treat your kids, but come on. Why don't we teach them how to build? And even so, because we've started building now, if we teach them, if it's not for them, because they've got a different calling, leave them alone. There's a balance though, because also, like you said, we can allow them to be too free, but that's why discipline has been my portion. But I never used to like discipline because I felt like it sounded hard. It reminded me of like Taekwondo and I hated Taekwondo. <laughs> because I'm rebellious as hell and I didn't like the strictness and yes I used to hide on the hill while my mum thought I was there for an hour <laughs> I was not um but yeah your children are major reflections of you and um sometimes they teach us what we didn't learn the first time but we got to be willing to look in that mirror real talk thank you so much Mr Morgan we love to hear from the men anybody else before we exit the room or are we calling this conversation complete? Okay, we're gonna call it complete. Again, thank you. And again, if you wanna reach us, contact us, share more thoughts and ideas, the email address is shaketheroom underscore ch at mail.com. I'll see you guys in the morning. I'll be back at 7.15, be great. Mm -hmm.